0: Hi there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. It's something we talked about before, I know, but I think I like to talk about this. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting thing. I don't know about you, but I've had this unwritten rule about keeping an aquarium running for an indefinite period of time without breaking it down. Like, you have to keep a tank up as long as possible. Like. If I broke down a tank after less than, I don't know, a couple of years, it was considered a shameful act of failure. I've always worn this stick to it attitude as a sort of badge of honor. You know, the idea that I'm somehow, I don't know, cool or whatever above the fray because I would resist the temptation to break down my tanks after just a few months or whatever. I'd laugh at those, you know, famous aquascaping people that you see on YouTube that seem to tear down their tanks after just a few months, you know, done with it, whatever. I was above the fray, right? What a dummy I was. And of course, after starting Tan in Aquatics in 2015, I realized that in order to spread the gospel about this emerging botanical method thing, I needed to show a lot of tanks. And of course, that means one of three things. Either I needed to set up a lot of new aquariums myself, recruit a lot of fellow hobbyists to create and share botanical method aquariums, or I could sort of iterate my existing tanks more frequently. In other words, change them. And... Of course, all three are pretty good ways to help accomplish this. And, you know, fortunately, there's a lot of excited and dedicated fellow hobbyists, you guys, that have shared their work on these very, you know, pages of tannin and our social media feeds over the years. And, of course, uh, it's always fun to do new tanks. I did them as often as I I could. I only have so much room uh, to do aquariums. And, uh, you know, that's a limiting factor. But the third idea you know, frequently changing up my tanks, the existing tanks, ended up being a very practical and let's face it, kind of fun way to show a lot of new looks and share some new ideas. And the cool thing is that there are actually a number of really cool ways to evolve existing tanks and keep the ecology intact while changing up the look and feel of the tank. We've talked about this before, I'm pretty sure, but think about it. This isn't all that different than what happens when, I don't know, like a stream overflows and and forms a new small tributary. Some of the materials from the established aquatic ecosystem flow into the newly inundated area, bringing with them their onboard population of microorganisms, fungi, and insects and stuff like that. Nothing's ever wasted in nature, right? Now I know this isn't exactly earth shattering, but it's worth thinking about vis-a-vis our aquarium work. And as we've discussed many times, the same sort of concept applies when you're remodeling an existing aquarium, perhaps switching up from, say, a South American theme to an African theme or whatever. So, yeah, I'll literally transfer a fair percentage of the software from an existing tank into a new one. Software meaning the leaves, the seed pods, substrate, whatever. And the rationale is exactly the same as the rationale for using existing sand from an established aquarium, which been, you know, it's been practiced for generations in the hobby. And as you recall, fungal growth and bacterial biofilms are also extremely valuable as food sources for life forms at many levels, including our fishes. So the growth of these organisms is powered by decomposing leaf litter and stuff like that. So basically you leave some of this stuff in the tank as you start the new iteration of the tank, or, you know, you could always, of course, transfer it to a new tank if you're going that route. And the idea of adding pre-colonized materials from existing tanks to help jumpstart a new tank is simply a logical and economical practice. Having a big chunk of completely established ecology transferred from one tank to another is almost too easy a process not to take advantage of, or for that matter, in the tank, having all that biosha to work with just changing up the hardscape or the theme or whatever. Not a problem. This is similar to the Japanese aquascaping practice of Sozu Haishoku, which is established by the master of this in the aquariums, none other than the late Takashi Amano. It's the process of removing as much of the old substrate material as possible, along with the plants it contains in an aquarium and replacing them with new materials. So you could take some stuff out and put some new stuff in, the new hardscape or the new you know, botanicals or whatever, but it preserves the overall composition of the layout. But the the softscape, in our case, botanicals and leaves, could change dramatically in our Botanical Method Aquarium, it's a little different. In fact, I'd even say it's kind of the opposite of that. We're leaving the operating system intact while changing out the the hardscape, but it's kind of the same principle. The idea behind it is essentially the same. Yeah, in the world of the Botanical Method Aquarium, the idea of leaving the substrate and the leaf litter or botanical bed intact as you remodel isn't exactly a crazy one. It's about preserving ecology over time and despite, you know, dramatic changes. And conceptually, once again it sort of replicates what occurs in nature, doesn't it? Yeah, think about this for just a second. As we almost constantly discuss here, habits or habitats like uh, flooded forests, meadows, vernal pools, igarape, swollen streams, all this stuff, they tend to encompass terrestrial habitats or go through phases where they are terrestrial habitats for a good part of the year. And in these wild habitats, the leaves, the branches, the soils, and the other botanical materials remain in place or are added to by dynamic seasonal processes, you know, wind, rain, whatever, For the most part, the soil, the branches, and a fair amount of the more durable seed pods and stuff remain present during both the terrestrial and the aquatic phase. Materials are utilized in the habitat continuously. And as the waters return, the formerly terrestrial physical environment is now transformed into this earthy, twisted, incredibly rich aquatic habitat where, you know, where fishes which have evolved over eons to live in and utilize for food protection and complex protected spawning areas take advantage of all of the botanical materials, uh, shrubs, grasses, fallen leaves, branches, seed pods, all that stuff suddenly submerged. Often, currents redistribute the leaves and the seed pods and branches into little pockets and stands affecting the now underwater topography of the landscape. It changes it. It evolves. It's an elaborate little dance choreographed by nature, encompassing numerous organisms, each filling a specialized role in the aquatic environment, and it looks different every year. So yeah, you can embrace this very natural process and attempt to Model it by evolving your tanks but leaving some of the stuff that's already there intact. Now, again, this doesn't mean that I guarantee a perfect cycle free process for you. I'd be a complete asshole if I asserted that. Every system's different. There's numerous factors which impact the unique biological functions of a specific aquarium. And you can't simply expect instant results, right? Transferring a good complement of materials to an otherwise brand new tank isn't going to fool Mother Nature, you know? On the other hand, in an existing tank, by leaving the bulk of the substrate material and botanicals intact, and continuing to provide fuel for the extant biotia by leaving in and adding to the botanicals present in the aquarium, this lack of a new cycle makes a lot of sense. It's continuous, right? Botanical method systems are, in my opinion, more robust than they are vulnerable. I believe that our botanical method systems, with their diverse and dynamic ecology, rebound really quickly from this kind of disruption, if you will, and from changes. And I also believe that because of our approach and its reliance on biological processes that they establish themselves in a more stable state far more quickly than a typical aquarium more reliant on, say, filters and so forth does. Much like the natural systems that they prefer to represent. And I also took advantage of the way botanical method aquariums lend themselves so well to this process, evolving them from one version to another with relative ease. Uh, case in point, it's never a bad idea to evolve existing tanks. A case in point, recently I, I did a tank where I used, um, I started out as a classic, or I call it a classic design of leaf litter and some oak twigs to create a sort of a interesting little hardscape, so to speak, and ran it like that for a little bit. And I said, Yeah, I want to put some plants in here. I want to turn it into a sort of a biotopic replication of something. And I added Microsorium, i.e. Java fern, and um, sort of evolved it into a Southeast Asian themed aquarium and ran it and have been running it like that for several months. Guess what? I'm thinking of evolving it again, doing something maybe a little different. Uh, For maybe some different types of fishes, but using the same essential set, leaving that substrate with all the decomposing leaves intact, maybe changing up some of the branches, definitely removing some of the plants, maybe adding some other stuff, maybe even adding rocks, who knows. But the idea is you can do these changes relatively easy. And the thing is, the biggest hurdle to me has always been the psychological one, the shame that I assigned in my own mind if I simply broke down tanks and recycled them time and time again. That being said, I slowly, and yeah, emphasis on slowly, came around to the idea that this is a really effective way to demonstrate new ideas for our growing community. It works. There's so much to learn and so many of us can contribute to this that it's kind of important that many of us try more than one tank over time. And if that means iterating your existing tank to try something else, that's okay. I really believe that. I believed then, and I still do, that the value of sharing new ideas, techniques, and information is far more important than any insecurities that I felt about succumbing to what seems like impatience. I finally got myself to be more comfortable in a much more comfortable place about this after decades. Now, I'm not saying to go and change every single tank when you get bored with it or whatever. You could, but that's not what the point is here. The point is, if you want to try some new things, you have limited resources in terms of maybe space, money, whatever, but you, you just want to try new stuff. You can do these kind of iterations. It's not a bad way to go. It's about technique and evolving it. And again, by preserving the substrate and refreshing it a bit with some new materials, you know, sand, sediment, gravel, leaves, botanicals, whatever, you're essentially mimicking some aspects of the way nature functions in many of these wild habitats that we love so much. And from an aquarium management perspective, consider the substrate uh, or the substrate layer, a living organism or collective of living organisms, as it were, And you're sure to look at things a bit differently the next time you redo a tank. Of course, perpetuating the substrate is almost like pursuing eternal youth. It's not entirely possible to achieve because you have to add something to it, but you can embrace the idea of renewal and continuity within your aquarium. The mental stretches that we talk about incessantly here are still occurring for me years and years into this game. With each pick I see of the natural habitats that we want to emulate, and every beautiful aquarium that I see come to life from our community, it's inspiring, it's interesting, and it's engaging. I'm seeing and experiencing new things, coming up with new ideas, and trying to understand and embrace the processes and aesthetics of these systems in a whole new light. And I'm glad to see many of you are doing the same and evolving. Something really exciting this weekend, uh, I was not able to attend the uh, Aquashella show in uh, Orlando, Florida this year, but I know some people went down there and there was some amazing, you know, there's an aquascaping contest and there was an amazing tank created by uh, some of our good friends that actually advanced on to, I guess the finals, I think it's a multi-step contest kind of thing. And there's a sort of a botanical method aquarium. Once again, we have a botanical method aquarium or an aquarium, at least that incorporates a significant amount of botanicals in its structure as something that has been entered into a popular aquascaping contest and was judged by perhaps non-botanical method experts as being worthy of moving on in this overall aquascaping contest. I think that's pretty impressive. It's, it's, it speaks volumes of where we as a community have gone. And I'm really proud to see so many people trying new things and changing stuff up as they need to, learning from failures, and sometimes not being afraid to do something that's totally crazy. What do you have up next? Stay motivated, stay excited, stay curious, stay creative, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.